Before introducing today's class, I wanted to quickly pop in and tell you that I've created a free guide for you where I share five steps to start a daily yoga practice. It's available on my website, manipuryogadk.com. You can find a link in the description to this episode. Hey everybody, so I'm here today with Christine Bonde, who works as a yoga teacher and personal trainer in Copenhagen here in Denmark. She teaches at a couple of different studios here in Copenhagen, and we got to know each other because we both teach at the studio Do Yoga. Right now, I'm actually going through a personal training program myself with Christine, which I'm really happy with. And I've even convinced my boyfriend Tim to join me for the training sessions, and we're having a lot of fun with this program that Christine is putting together for us every week. I thought that Christine would be a great guest to have here on the Hatha Yoga podcast because I know that we share some of the same values and views when it comes to yoga and movement. I think it's fair to say that we both have a lot of energy and love to find new ways to challenge our minds and our bodies. So we're going to get into all of that today on this episode. So welcome, Christine. Thank It's you. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what we'll be talking about today is why it's so absolutely amazing to have a yoga practice at home. Um, what a lot of yogis refer to as a home practice or a personal practice. And as I've already mentioned in some of the other episodes, I've created the Hatha Yoga podcast for you to either start your home practice or to switch up your home practice. But if you're new to yoga or if you've been used to practicing in a studio for a long time and just really like that, then you may be wondering why I keep talking about this home practice thing. So that's why I have Christine with me here today, so we can talk about that and explain to you why your personal yoga practice can really develop once you start to practice by yourself at home as well. So um, let's just dive in. Christine, mm -hmm. can you tell us a bit more about yourself and how you started out with yoga? Oh, that's going to be a long, <laughs> long story. Well, as you said, I work as a personal trainer and as a yoga teacher, but that's like the minor thing of what I do. Uh, that's the physical part of it. I'm very much present online, as you know, um, where I also try to convey this idea of movement. So not just from a yoga perspective, but also from like a more holistic perspective. Um, so that's what I do. I, I teach movement for a living. That's the short version. I actually come from a nutritional background. I have a bachelor's degree in global nutrition and health. And uh, I wanted to study human physiology when I moved to Copenhagen, but I ended up doing something else. And we talked about this before starting the episode. Oh, but you can elaborate. Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah. well, I moved to Copenhagen to study integrated food studies. And then I just got so many offers like, hey, do you want to make a cookbook? And do you want to create this project? And I never considered being self-employed. But long story short, I ended up being self-employed. And that's like six years ago, I think. And um, I think it was... Yeah, it was just a random day when I was searching for actually uh, a yoga video because I wanted to do a home practice. So home I practice. was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny because I was looking uh, on YouTube. I was Googling yoga, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I tried a lot of different yoga practices. I didn't even know what they were called, like the names of them. Um, and I tried different things and they were okay. It was, it was okay. Uh, and then I found this video with this lady 
who was just teaching in a way that really spoke to me it was mm -hmm. like she was talking to me yes instead of just talking in this i like to call it the yoga voice the yoga voice the I yoga voice, yoga voice so. the yoga voice we all know the yoga voice um but she just talked to me and she was guiding me and this is probably also something we're going to talk about instead of like teaching me mm. so she was guiding me through this very flowy and free and intuitive practice and i was like That's the teacher I want to be. I never yeah. thought about becoming a yoga teacher, but then I looked her up. Her name is Tara Stiles, and Tara she has become my friend today and also my <laughs> teacher. Um, and then I saw that she offered like what you call a yoga teacher training. I didn't even know that was the name by then. And then I saw she was in New York for this like basic training. It was just two days. Normally, like a yoga teacher training is probably like three, four weeks or more. A little more extensive I would say, than yeah, just yeah. a weekend course. <laughs> and I was going to New York anyways with my boyfriend back then. So I thought, okay, I'm going to show up for this little practice or this weekend of Strala Yoga. That was the name and it was Strala completely new yoga. to me. S-T-R-A-L-A. And I was so nervous when I showed up because <laughs> Tara Styles was kind of a celebrity. She's been on like Forbes magazine and she was a model back then. And she was also like a ballet dancer and she had just huge following on Instagram and YouTube <laughs> as well. So I was like, oh man, I'm just... I'm All the things tricking our insecurities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I had been going to yoga before that, but I can kind of come back to that. So it was not my first experience with yoga, but it was definitely my first experience trying to come into like this yoga teacher training. Yeah. And I didn't really want to become a yoga teacher. I just really wanted to learn from her because her way of teaching was so appealing to me. So it was, mm. it was actually not because of the yoga, but the way she was teaching yoga. So very like on a meta level. Yeah. So Anyways, yeah, I did the, the weekend training and I was just hooked. It just really shook my world and my <laughs> idea of movement and yoga and how you want to kind of live your life. Yeah. So like long story short, since then I've been doing a teacher training in Amsterdam. That was like the first long intensive one. More than a weekend. More course. than a weekend. Yeah. That was like, that was actually only two weeks, but very like diving deep into the whole philosophy and way of thinking about Strala Yoga. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I think the next thing I did was coming to New York for like their advanced training. Changed my life completely. And then I've been in Berlin a few times. So I did like, I don't know, four or five teacher trainings with them. So all with um, the same teacher. With the same teacher. Like, yeah. I, I know that a lot of yoga teachers, they take different yoga teacher trainings, like in within different styles. But mm -hmm. I've just... I've just been hooked on this Stick one. Stick to the source. I've done the exact same thing. Like yeah. I, I've, I found one place and it just really resonated with me. So yeah. I thought I'm, I'm gonna go there because they haven't taught me everything they know that mm. I need to go there and suck all the knowledge out of them. Yeah. Uh, in a good way, so I can go and share it with other people. Um, mm. And it, it can be quite confusing to go to different teachers and then one teacher tells you to do it this way and then you go to a different style and they're like what no that's completely wrong yeah so yeah it makes sense yeah, yeah. so it's, it felt like coming home it sounds like such a cliche but no, that's it how it felt <laughs> um but it it makes sense because strala yoga is this they say like it's a way of um being and moving and healing so yeah. there are like these three levels And it's founded on like something called natural movement. And there are different ways of defining natural movement. They have their ways. They have like 11 elements of that. So it kind of brought me back to what is natural. And we also spoke yeah. about this a little bit before. Like that's my 
that's my DNA. I want to have this natural movement approach to everything and not just movement in a physical sense, but mm. how we move around in our lives, how we make our career, how, how we make uh, connections and how we form our relationships and all of that. I, I want that like kind of primal, natural, biological approach to it. So yeah. that's what Stralio really did for me in a way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love to move. It's, yeah. it's the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know that before you started doing yoga, you've done a lot of other fitness training and running and mm. yeah, a, a lot of movement, but not so much with awareness. That's <laughs> yeah, you can say that definitely. Like I think a lot of Danish girls, at least they've done or played handball. Yeah. I don't know if you did. I, I didn't. I'm you not didn't. From, I'm not from Jutland. So. Maybe because we're not from Jutland, of course. Yeah, but I played handball for a lot of years. I went to something called Elite Sports College, also, so I was quite serious about it. And um, then I went to like high school, gymnasium, whatever. And I lost my interest for handball. And I think I grew up in a sense, so I felt like, oh, I'm going to do fitness. Mm. I'm going to get a fitness membership because that's what everyone was doing. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And that's how I wanted to kind of stay active and stay in shape. And mm. I started running. And everything I did was because I wanted to look a certain way. Yes. It was an easy way to burn calories yes. and stay active. <laughs> and now I kind of just um, changed up my practice. So instead of playing mm. handball playing <laughs> I just started doing fitness yeah and um yeah I really loved it I loved the whole burning calories intensive stuff and everything that was kind of hard and challenging and then at some point I looked into one of the yoga rooms and I just saw these people relaxing and I just saw them like doing weird shapes with their bodies and people have been telling me maybe you should do a little bit stretching and a little bit of yoga to like complement everything high intensity wise you're doing and it was like it was so weird and difficult for me to actually start it so I didn't start up in a regular yoga class I started coming to something called body flow yeah maybe there are some less mills peoples out there who, uh, <laughs> who know that but that's kind of a mix between yoga pilates and tai chi and it's very much Uh, what I today would call fitness yoga fitness yoga because you yeah. you like work up your heart rate and it's quite hard focus on the poses and strength and then at the same time you get a little bit of I don't know relaxing and meditation yeah. in the end but so the focus was on burning calories and maybe not burning calories that's not what they said definitely but <laughs> but I mean, I was drawn to the fact that, oh, they're relaxing, but they're still being quite active. They're yeah. still, you know, yeah. doing something that's hard. It's interesting. So yeah. that's kind of the way I, I got into it. Mm -hmm. And then I started to like it even more than I thought I would. And body flow is flowy. Like, I guess that's what why they call the, the, it body flow the flow but in the word the, yeah. like compared to what i know today and compared to strala it's not flowy <laughs> at all it's very <laughs> stiff it's very rigid yeah and for those of you who don't know strala is very free very intuitive based on natural movement it's very organic sometimes even very animalistic like we crawl around and explore movements in in every way possible um, and it's very much focused on the movement rather than the pose. Mm. And that's a whole, like, another thing we can come into. Um, but very free in that sense. Yeah, that's that's great. And I've been yeah. to some of your classes. It's, yeah. it's definitely uh, very different from the style that I teach. I think that most of my students would probably know that mine is more like traditional Hatha yoga. And we 
we learn the postures, but I think there's definitely something to um, combining the different styles and mm. working with a bit of, of everything to see what, do I like to be static or staying in a posture for a while, see what that feels like, or do I like to have that natural flow of postures? I think there's there's nothing wrong or right. It's just about mm. finding what, what feels good in my body and maybe one day you need to flow and the next day you need to deal with uh, one thing in a, in a specific posture. Mm. There are so many ways to find that stillness and quieting down the mind. Yeah, I always just, say that I, I like both and instead yeah. of either or. Exactly. So it's very complementary in that way. Yeah. Um, but so I think one thing that is really interesting to touch upon is... Um, what do you think about yoga before you start out? Because I, I would imagine that a lot of people listening to this episode, maybe they're new to yoga or they haven't done a lot of yoga. Um, maybe they have some preconception of, well, yoga is like this and I'm always running my triathlon or always mm. playing handball. Um, and it's easy to look to yoga and be like, oh, but that that's that's a bit slow or it's for weak people. And, and I definitely had that. When I walked into my first <laughs> yoga class, I was like, what are these geeks doing in here? And I was laughing the whole class through being completely disrespectful to the teacher and to everyone else in the class. But later I've noticed, okay, it's probably just some kind of reaction to the whole process. But mm. do you recall, what, what did you think about yoga before you started out coming from this very physical approach? I remember quite clearly how I thought it was very scary in a way, but that's probably just because it was so different from what I did back then. It was such a contrast to the whole fast-paced stuff I was doing, to the burning calories and doing th something that was challenging. Uh, but the most challenging thing was to slow down mm -hmm. and go into that room and actually feel. And also the other thing I thought about was that I felt a little bit like misplaced, excluded. And that's actually something I can still feel today when I walk into a yoga class, if I'm just being the student, even though I don't like that word, but I'm just a participant, I'm just a person coming to yoga. Then I feel this, there is a certain space in a yoga room and it all depends on the room, the music, the surroundings, and especially the teacher. Yeah. Like... I often feel like I'm I'm not part of this yeah. because there is this I don't know it can feel very much like a cult even sometimes <laughs> a cult, yeah. it can feel like a cult and and that is so anti yoga it's yeah. such a paradox because yeah. yoga is really about union mm. unifying your breath and your body and how you feel with how you move but also unifying people mm. I would say and the whole experience yeah so for me to like feel oh I'm excluded or it's a cult that's that's, that's uncomfortable. It's so, so I uncomfortable. I relate to people yeah. who feel like oh coming into that room yeah, is um, for sure. And I think the teacher has a lot of responsibility. Yeah. I, I I always do my best when I when I host a class in person to say hi to everyone and make everyone feel included. Even if I know a student who's coming to the class, for instance, my mom she comes to most of my classes. Mm -hmm. She's my biggest thing, fan. <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> Um, but I, I put a lot of effort into not just talking to her or talking to the people that I know who come to, to class often because if there's some new student maybe walking into a yoga class for the first time or who's new to the studio, it feels so very excluding to mm. sit there over in the corner like, I don't really dare to be part of the conversation, but it's kind of interesting what they're talking about. So mm. I'm just going to sit over here. So it, it's not what it's about, but... 
yeah, I think that's the case in, in a lot of uh, classes. Yeah, and yeah. even even still today, I can walk into a yoga class and feel like, oh, I, I am not allowed to even ask a question. I'm not yeah. even allowed to talk <laughs> to the yoga teacher because he or she is like on a pedestal. Yeah. Way. And it could just be my like um, analysis, uh, but it's it's a feeling I get that there's there's not this union between people mm. there is the student and the, and the teacher relationship and i yeah. i really don't like that yeah i like the idea that people come to my class and i'm their guide and yeah. that's also the word we use in Australia yoga like mm. i'm a yoga guide yeah i'm not the teacher mm. because you are the one who can teach yourself a lot of stuff if you're willing to kind of dive into yourself <laughs> and into the practice and it sounds very hippy dippy but it's it's really true it's great yeah i <clears throat> what, my training comes a lot from the uh, from the principle of equanimity that we're mm. all equal and no one is inferior, no one is superior. Um, and that's just so important to install that spirit in a, in a yoga class. Yeah, definitely. Um, so definitely, we, we've been there, we're still there, feeling that insecurity that a lot of people might feel when they first start off their yoga practice. And it's intimidating to, yeah. to walk into the yoga studio the for the first time or, or maybe even after a couple of years. And you're so aware of everyone around you and everything that's uh, going on um do you remember the first time you walked into a physical yoga class what did you what it felt like now now i, I told you about uh, <laughs> I, I give you a bit of time to think but I, mine was in australia actually the time before that i was i was in singapore visiting a friend on my way to australia to do my internship there and uh, me and my friend we were like okay we're gonna go to this yoga class i don't really know what it's about um, but we had our, our mats and our bags and we walked down the street and then we saw a sign saying wine bar. <laughs> so we went in there and we're like, we can have a glass of wine. The, the yoga class is only in two hours or something like that. And then we ended up sitting there drinking wine instead of going to our yoga class. That was my first attempt to walk into a yoga studio. First attempt. <laughs> yeah, first attempt. And it didn't go well, as you can hear. But then I went to this class in, in Australia also in a fitness first studio I think mm. and just laughing the whole time through not respecting anything um but then when I got back to Copenhagen and did uh, I've I had done a lot of home practice before and then I thought okay I'll go I'll go to a yoga class I was I was so nervous <laughs> I was looking at all these plants and dimmed lights and curtains and observing how everyone behaved because I was trying to pick up and, and, and do the same as them. That's how aware I was walking into my first yoga class. But maybe you remember your experience. I can relate. I can totally <laughs> relate. And I wish that I could remember the first experience I had, but I, I can't remember. But I remember like fragments of some of the first classes I went to. I actually, I think I started doing Iyengar yoga mm -hmm. because it was very much aligned with everything else I did which was strict, it was rigid, <laughs> it was aligned, it was a physical practice, it yeah. was exhausting for me back then. <laughs> and I thought that you have to have this perfect alignment in your body in order to, first of all, not get injured, and mm. second of all, to get the most out of the practice. So Iyengar was where I started. Um, and, and I just remember that I, I just tried to focus on doing the poses perfectly. Everything I had no idea of the whole, like, I don't know, mental state you could get into or the emotional state or anything. It was all physical. 
and it was all about how I placed my limbs into the right positions to mm. kind of perfect the poses. Yeah. Um, and then when we went to the meditational part, I was like, oh, this is so scary. I can't get centered. I can't be Zen. I can't mm. anything. So I was just thinking about, I, I can't do it. It's so hard. Yeah. Um, I think I also laughed or at least I had this <laughs> inner laugh because I was so uncomfortable. It was, yeah. it was really, really hard for me. And I, I probably went with a friend i don't think i took my first class alone no. it was too intimidating it's very intimidating yeah. to go alone <laughs> to something so you're new. yeah yeah so not not fun times back no. then no <laughs> and um what do you think would have been different if you had just practiced at home on your own and no now you already mentioned you found mm. these youtube videos did you remember feeling differently about just rolling out your mat at home turning on the the youtube video to to follow the guidance but this feeling of okay no one's actually looking at me right now i might feel a little aware of myself or mm. a little funky doing this stuff at home especially if you're not used to working out uh, at home or uh, even on your own um but do you remember how that felt like i definitely remember that i felt more at ease because no one was looking at me yeah and it's so weird to say that out loud now because i don't give a yeah about it we right now no but, yeah. but um <laughs> but we used back, to back then yeah. i did i did so i was more relaxed because no one was looking at me and i could just laugh at myself because i couldn't do the poses or i would fall out of the balance poses or whatever um but i i did find it hard to kind of stay focused mm. and i went through so many different teachers uh because for me it was so important that i felt like this teacher is kind of talking to me And it was so important for me that the way the class was taught was uh, aligned with what I believed in. And it was really hard to find a teacher on YouTube that kind of did that for me. Because you cannot feel the teacher when there is a screen in between no. you guys. Um, so I really, I, I didn't know that back then. But now I know that what I missed was that connection. And I just felt it extremely when I walked into that Strala Yoga studio yeah. on Broadway in New York from busy, busy, busy street into this big room. I still remember like the sound of the floor, the smell in there, the sound of Tara's voice. Mm. And I get goosebumps just yeah, talking just, about it. Me It's too. crazy. <laughs> There's um, just nothing like a, the, the vibe yeah, in a yoga yeah. studio that can make your chills go all over. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Uh, so um, it's crazy. And I think that's also an important thing to mention that it's it's really good to have a home practice but there is just something about being in the live yoga studio with other people the two yeah. definitely complement each other mm. um but it's uh, it can be difficult to walk into the room for the first time on your own if you don't know what a downward facing dog is or what it means to be in mountain pose or mm. a wild thing and everyone's just curling themselves into all sorts of shapes and you're looking around like Excuse me? Yeah. I missed the memo somewhere. Yeah, What's yeah, going yeah. on here? I, yeah. I think a lot of people, they feel like they're, they're things that they should have known beforehand. I, yeah. I actually always say this in my own classes when there are new people. I always say something like, there's nothing you need to know or something you need to be able to do beforehand. Mm. Because That's that, that would have <laughs> given me peace back yeah. then if someone told me that. Because I thought... Oh, you have to know what trikonasana is, mm. or even just the English name, like what is a triangle pose. Yeah. I, I didn't know that, but that's what makes Strala Yoga easy in that sense because the the guide will 
guide you into the movement. They mm. will tell you how to move into that. And then they will probably maybe say, oh, this is the name of the pose. It will just pop up. Yeah. But it's not, okay, we're going to do Trikonasana today. And then mm. I'm going to perfect <laughs> every little thing. We're just going to move. And then the poses are going to pop up every now and then. Yeah, it's so, such an interesting approach. It's really yeah. new to me because, yeah. as I've said, I've, I was taught the, the traditional way where we had to learn all the Sanskrit names and all the English names. And it definitely yeah. has something to it. But I... I, I think it's really interesting with this approach of like, okay, we just go here. And it, mm. it almost feels like the body is like a wavy uh, ocean uh, movement uh, yeah. of just, okay, see what I feel like. And this is where we go. So, But I'm glad you feel yeah. that way because a lot of people, they say that Strala feels like moving like water because it's very organic. And it really makes sense because when, when you go to the ocean, I don't know anybody who can't walk to the ocean and feel at ease like you just drop your shoulders it feels nice everybody loves to be near the ocean Mm. everybody loves to watch the waves come in because it's super organic and that's what we are that's like the part of the dna uh, even watching the ocean is like i've heard some people say the ocean is the waves it's is like the the breath of the ocean yeah it's yeah that's ocean breathing yeah yeah it makes so much sense like the same movement that we have everything just ebbs and flows or goes up and down and mm. the same thing with the ocean yeah. if you can bring that into your yoga practice that's really beautiful yeah so if you can move that way that will give you the same sense of calm yeah at least that's my hope <laughs> moving meditation moving meditation yeah, yeah. some people refer to stroll yoga um that way as well yeah that's pretty cool um and so we've talked about this thing with having the the youtube screen and in, in mm. front of you when when you have the home practice and that's definitely something I'm trying to educate all the listeners to say, hey, you, d- you don't need that screen. Actually, all the wisdom, it's within. And maybe you just need a little bit of guidance from uh, the sound of my voice to guide you in this way or guide you in that way. And even, even if you don't understand what I'm trying to make you do, then you just do something else. Or maybe you raise your arms out in a T or out up overhead. It doesn't really matter as long as you listen to what's going on in your body. Um, so what do you think that the the listeners or the students, they will learn from practicing without a screen or without a teacher in front of them? No, like the first thing that comes to mind is, is that a lot of the people that come to my classes right now is that they're so focused on doing it in the exactly right way. Mm. So what I do kind of on purpose is that I make sure that you cannot copy what I do because <laughs> because I move all the time. And that doesn't mean that it's fast or hectic. It just means that one movement just rolls directly into the next one. So mm. we're, all, we're always going somewhere. And sometimes the movements are big. Sometimes they're small, just like the ocean. Um, so the point is that it's not so much about the pose. It's about how you move. And I think it's a brilliant idea to just let yourself be guided by words and mm. sounds. Um, but you really also have to surrender to it. To it. So yeah. I know that's difficult. But the cool thing is by being guided by sound is you cannot see what it's supposed to look like. So you have to surrender to it. You have to trust that, oh, if Laura says, raise your arms, I'm just going to raise my arms. If it's out in front of my chest or it's out to the side or whatever it is, you're raising your arms. Yeah. You're solving like the, <laughs> the problem, not yeah. the problem, but you're doing what you're told. Yeah. And you're, but you're, to the degree that feels right in, in yeah. your body that day. Maybe someone has a shoulder injury and they yeah. can't put it up there. But if they see you in front of them, it's like, but I'm supposed to raise my arms just like you. Yeah, mm. but maybe it requires a bit more mobility training mm. or a 
couple more stretches, a couple more yoga classes. <laughs> and it's it's so it's so funny because we want to do things so perfectly to a point where we make them so hard. Yeah. We're talking about right now raising our arms. <laughs> That's a very simple thing to do. But in yoga, ooh, that can be very complicated. Mm -hmm. I always use the example of coming from a down dog into a forward fold standing on top of your mat. Mm. That's a very simple thing to do. You move your feet towards the top of the mat, mm. um, but you can also move your hands. So it becomes more of a crawl. But most yoga forms, they would kind of, they don't say it this way, but the hands will be glued to the floor yeah. and you're only allowed to move your feet. And I think the listeners should kind of try this. Come into a down dog and try to only move your feet up to your hands. Yeah. And then do the same thing where you're allowed to move your hands. Yeah. You literally step out of your own way. You make things easier. And if we're not able to keep things easy that are inherently easy in themselves, man, we're going to have a hard time. Because yeah. for some reason in yoga, we make easy things more complicated yeah because i don't know maybe because it looks better maybe because it's tradition or that's just how we're supposed to do it. i think I've, yeah. I've i remember this feeling of being in the down dog or the pavatasana mountain pose as we call it in hatha yoga and stepping forward to the top of the mat for this forward fold in the beginning i felt so heavy even if mm. i tried to jump up there to to the forward fold I, I would feel like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. And I, I think I've even seen a, a, a meme somewhere on social media where, where it's like me jumping to my forward fold, feeling like a sack of potatoes and, and the lower body is just like this sack and it says potatoes on, on that yeah. uh, uh, or brown bag. Um, and that's really the feeling if, if you're not allowed to, okay, but maybe I just straighten one leg and I move a little bit out to the side and then that way I can get myself forward. But you need to go and explore these things in your own body. You might not have a teacher that can explain to you exactly the way that it feels right in your body, but if you take the time to, okay, today I jump, or tomorrow I take one step with my right foot, or the day after I take a step with my left foot, or I release my mm. hands, or whatever I can do just to explore. There's no right or wrong way of doing all these things. That's, that's what I think is one of the most fun enjoyable things about being the teacher or the guide that is it's my job to kind of embody the whole being at ease and being creative and allow yourself to do whatever feels good my my most important job is not to tell you exactly what to do because that would be the easiest thing for me as a teacher i can tell you where to go exactly what to do where to place your limbs but for me to allow you and inspire you to go in your own way, that really requires that I have a practice for myself that kind of mm. frees myself and my body so you can look at it and kind of let yourself go and see that's that's okay. I can, I can go in my own way. Um, so like teaching yoga is also very much a practice for me. It requires that I take really good care of myself. Mm. And that's how it becomes this very unified... Um, way of moving because if i take care of myself so can you mm. and it has this ripple effect and it just bounces off of each other and it yeah. becomes very much a rich practice in that way yeah it's it's great and i think that's it's one of the best things uh, or the best tip for for anyone who wants to teach a yoga class is actually to have your own practice to to draw some inspiration from and everything i say in classes it's it's not some of course i've read some things in books but mainly it's 
I say things that I would like to hear myself where I'm like, well, maybe you should move a bit to the left or a bit to the right because maybe I had an, an epiphany an early Tuesday morning in my own practice that, hey, this actually works. Well, if it works for me, then maybe it also works for somebody else. Mm. So just taking that easy approach towards it instead of I need to do it like this and everything has to be perfect we have to do so many things perfect in our lives that if we also have to do our yoga practice perfectly then oh man but that's the interesting thing because <laughs> a lot of people including myself back then they are drawn to things that are very like strict and you're very much being instructed or directed because that's what we're used to from mm. the real world it's the easy thing It's the easiest thing to mm. follow instructions. The hardest thing is, let's take a yoga class as an example. The hardest thing is to come show up and then you're told that you can do whatever feels good. Yeah. Because, Listen oh to man, your body. <laughs> then you have to do exactly that. Listen yeah. to your body. Yeah. And I always say to people, that's the hardest part about yoga. Because a lot of people, they don't know how to listen to their body and... and If they're able to listen to their body or feel something going on, then the next thing would be, what do I do with whatever I'm feeling? Yeah. <laughs> what do I do if I feel pain or if I feel something that feels nice? What What do I do about it? Do I stay? Do I linger? Do I go? Do I... Yeah, so what that's does the, it mean? What, that's what the next the, part. Yeah. The, res the response. Um, we also sometimes call um, or talk about Strala that it's responsive movement. So... You move very slowly with your breath and you respond to what you're feeling. So the poses, they are like, they're like a result of how, how you came there, how you feel. So it's very responsive in, in that sense that it's not something I'm telling you to do. It's you tuning in, mm. listening, taking your time, and then you decide, do I want to lean here or there? Do I want to stay? Even though the class might be going, they're flowing into the next thing. Mm. I'm just going to hover here. Yeah. I've, I've taken a whole uh, Strala Strong class, which is basically, I don't know, maybe you would call it a power yoga class or whatever. It's a very dynamic uh, movement-based yoga class with a lot of challenges. And I've taken the whole class in child's pose. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like I was part of the class because I was breathing with the whole class. It felt amazing to be in the back of the studio. I still have a very clear picture of everybody just doing whatever they felt like yeah and for me it was a challenge to say i need to be in child's pose today yeah wow especially never... if you're so used to moving yeah. all the time and it's like well maybe what my body is trying to tell me today is i need to give myself some rest actually i wasn't even in child's pose i was maybe there in the beginning because it's a resting pose and then i just sat there yeah i just sat up and and looked Yeah. And I, I was just there, yeah. very present. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and that's another thing. Going to a yoga studio uh, and watching people move through a yoga class, it's probably one of the most beautiful things you can look at. Yeah. It's so interesting to just see all these different ways that bodies can move and wow, it looks like this and her body and this and his body and of course that's also why we feel so aware then when we go to yoga of course. class because we know oh maybe my my oh my neighbor's doing like this and yeah. oh, but the the teacher or the guide is telling me to be inside my own head but it's just so interesting what's yeah. going on here 
And it's also funny because uh, I I always um, joke about the fact that there is a big yoga book out there, like the big yoga Bible. It's called Instagram, and because <laughs> the yoga that's, Bible, Instagram. yeah, because that's where you see all of the poses, all of the beautiful things. And honestly, it is really beautiful to see like a split or like a crazy contortionist doing something. But the most beautiful thing, in my opinion, is when you watch a yoga class and people they move in a way that feels good they move in a way that feels like themselves and again it sounds corny but it's it's so beautiful to watch yeah. it really is the most beautiful thing so i don't care too much about the poses i care about how you move and then you kind of create your own uh, poses i also sometimes say that um you can go into a shape or a pose even though it doesn't have a yoga name yet mm. We can maybe we can name. call it something yeah. but it's like oh if it doesn't have a yoga name if it's not a pose if we haven't established this is a pose then it's nothing but yes it is like there are infinite like numbers of uh of poses and shapes and forms you can make with your body yeah you can make it whatever you want it to be and essentially it's just beautiful lines of energy in, mm. in the body like oh, okay my arms they can go out in this t or they can be diagonal mm. or what does that make me feel like? And now we're talking about a lot of freedom. And it's not because it's all just freedom. I would never start a class just saying, oh, now you can be free and just do whatever you want. <laughs> no. And then I'm going to sit there and watch. Um, I, I think it was uh, Mike Taylor. He's the co-founder of Strala. I don't know if it's his quote or if he got it somewhere. But I just remember him saying that um, freedom is its own form of slavery. Freedom without form, I think is its own form of slavery. The point being that if you have too much freedom, you can feel restricted, mm. constricted, like enslaved in a way, because you have too many opportunities. It's that like also, watching Netflix. Watching Netflix <laughs> or choosing which education to take, yeah, right? There's so much out there. So you can you can think of a yoga, a really good yoga practice as a glass of water. You have mm. the structure, that's the glass. You have a container, but within that glass and container, the water can go crazy. Yeah. It can even come a little bit out of the container and then come back in. <laughs> yeah. It can swirl, it can move. So I think we, we definitely need a bit of structure um within that but the freedom is so important also yeah. because there's a whole like creative uh part to it um yeah and a whole element of slowing down and tuning in and all of that so yeah we we do need that freedom yeah definitely <laughs> um and uh Coming from that, I know that you also have a very interesting view on all the benefits that yoga have to offer. And uh, you also focus on the benefits in, in the long run and not just that, oh, I'd like to lose some weight or I'd like to look a certain way like all the, the funky Instagram girls doing their splits and back bends. So can you tell us, how did you come to look uh, on it in this way? Mm, I think when you take a fitness class or you engage in, in movement like that, it's very much uh, based on results. You do something to get to an end point, yeah. to an end goal. And that's where especially Strala Yoga is really mixing it up because you say that there is no end goal. There is no end point because you, you don't know what that is. All you have is now, and all yoga forms kind of talk about being present and being in, in the now. Um, it's just a practice. It's, it's just a practice. Yoga perfection. Yeah. 
So, so when we practice moving without end goals, like we do in Strala Yoga, we very much talk about and practice being present, being in, in the now, and focusing on every step along the way and not just the end goal. And I think a really good yoga practice kind of transcends the mat. So when you leave the room from a yoga class, that's where the practice begins. Exactly. So take that's, it with you. Yeah, take it with you. And again, that sounds so corny, but that's where it really has something to offer when you can take it with you. Um, so one of the like main benefits, in my opinion, from, from yoga is you can take yoga as like a lens through which you can see yourself. Mm. So when I come into a yoga class, sometimes I'm stiff and tense. Sometimes I just want to do the pose. And the goal is not to correct that and come into softness and ease. The <laughs> goal is to see myself, to become aware of that. It's a mirror. And then, exactly, and yeah. then respond to it. Mm. And sometimes the kind response can be, that's how I'm feeling today. Maybe it's fine. And sometimes the response can be, that's not who or what I want to be. I'm going to try to change that and kind of come into something I like better. Um, so that's where I think yoga is really powerful. If you allow it to be a mirror or mm. a lens where you can see yourself, then you can use that outside of the yoga room. And mm. that... That's going to sound very big, but it will make you a better person if you allow yourself to see the practice as an expression of what and who you are. Yeah. Like how you move is how you are. That's kind of kind of a Strala yoga thing. I don't know oh, if I they coined that, that term, yeah. but it's so, so true. If you yeah. really slow down and you watch yourself from the outside, but also from the inside, like feeling mm. how you're moving, then it's really an expression of how you are, who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what makes yoga more than just a regular fitness class because it really yeah. is this uh, meditation and the inner reflection of yeah hey what's going on in there we're so used to numbing ourselves with uh, I'm just gonna like uh, look at my phone here while I wait for the traffic light or yeah, looking busy and, yeah. and <laughs> ooh, blending in. imagine if people would think that I was a loner because I stand here in the public room without anyone to talk to um. And then we don't have a lot of time to actually deal with what's going on in there because we have distraction right mm -hmm. there in the pocket or in the back. As soon as we pull the phone out, the mind goes elsewhere. Yeah. So it's difficult to find that quiet space. Yeah, and it's difficult sometimes to handle that stillness because sometimes in astral yoga class, I would give people a lot of space and freedom to move completely freely, maybe just a couple of minutes. And I also always remind people that this is not for you to kind of reinvent something or like be super creative and show me all of your skills. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just sitting and waiting for something to come up and sometimes nothing comes up. Yeah. There well, is no, no need to move into something else, no eagerness to do anything differently. Mm -hmm. Just sitting or just staying wherever you are. Maybe you're standing, maybe you're lying down, maybe you're moving in a flow and you just continue doing that. So being with that stillness, with that nothingness, yeah, is a really, really good practice. It's like restarting or rebooting your computer. It's yeah. uh, like, okay, I need a reset here. Brain, please go push yeah. that button and I'll come out as a refreshed uh, version of myself. Yeah, sometimes when we go into meditation, I would say like, 
It's like when you've done a lot of work on your computer and you finally hit that save button. Yeah. Ah, downloading. Okay, now I can just allow everything to be downloaded and then you can just chill out. Yeah. But um, something that I hear from a lot of people is that they have some kind of resistance towards yoga. Either it's from within, from themselves, or it comes from others. Um, and I, I think it's so normal to think that... Oh, have to be a certain way to be allowed to to do yoga it's like um, maybe I'm not I'm not flexible enough so I can't do yoga or I'm not spiritual so I can't do yoga or maybe you face some kind of uh, pushback from the people in in your community like a, a colleague or, or even your partner like why are you gonna try yoga that that's weird are you gonna be some uh, spiritual Hare Krishna person in yellow clothes now because you do yoga mm -hmm. um and how can we overcome this resistance that that we meet from from other people um that is a question I ask myself every day yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> so that is a good one yeah I think it, it depends on where that resistance resistance comes from and one of the things I hear the most is, it's not something people say out loud exactly this way, but it's something I believe they think, which is yoga is a waste of time yeah. because we're so busy, busy, busy. We're focused on goals and we want that like goal now. And if you take a yoga class, you probably won't feel like you've done a workout. You no. Sometimes you don't even feel like you're more relaxed after yoga class. Maybe you're like, People talk about being relaxed and at ease, but where where is it? When is it coming? And it's also not a competition. I think a lot of people yeah. are like, what, why am I going to do yoga? Because I'm not going to win anything. I'm mm. not. It's it's not like a win or lose. And you won't become <laughs> flexible from one yoga yeah. class. So it's it's really really hard. You have to be in it for the long run. Yeah. Um, but also there are like there are other ways you can become flexible. Since I'm I I do movement for a living. Also, I would say. Doing more mobility work is maybe a better option if you're only in it for the flexibility goals mm. because you can probably gain more flexibility and mobility from taking an actual mobility class and doing strength training because yeah. mobility training is actually strength training. Um, maybe that's a way of easing into it. If you feel like, oh, but I have so much resistance from myself or, or from my community that okay, it doesn't sound too bad if I start by going to a mobility class. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of CrossFit places, they also offer these mobility workouts on the side. Okay, then then I'm just there for the stretching and, mm -hmm. and the mobility and not so much the spiritual part because it, it really is a process to get comfortable with the fact of, okay, I'm, I'm going to show up for that yoga class or the yoga mm -hmm. practice for myself. Yeah, but, but honestly, if your main goal is to become flexible um, and you think that, that yoga is just a stretching class, then I think there is something better out there for you. <laughs> there are actually better ways of becoming flexible than yoga. And sorry, that's my honest opinion, <laughs> you yoga teachers, but there are different ways you can do it. Um, and, and also what you touched upon, uh, am I then going to be a yogi? Is it going to be my identity now? If mm. that's where the resistance comes from, then I would say let go of that thought yeah. i don't consider myself a yogi or as such i think a lot of people are surprised when they hear that i do yoga at least if you ask the people i train jujitsu with i also <laughs> do martial arts they're like you do yoga i can tell you're flexible but you don't like strike me as this yogi no. 
person. But it's all these ideas we have of like, oh, but if you're the kind of person that does yoga, then you need to have uh, dreadlocks and you need to wear some specific clothes and you need to also smell a little bit like herbs. Or yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's so bad because it's really like putting people into a box when in fact every, everybody can be a, a, a yogi or, yeah. or go to a yoga class. We, we all benefit from it. Um, and it's just so important to move through all these obstacles that we we might face from ourselves or, or from the people around us. Um, yeah. Maybe even drag your colleague or your or your partner to a yoga class. I uh, I certainly have some colleagues that have a lot of resistance to <laughs> yoga, and and my response was to. Uh, uh, teach a yoga class for for a social gathering at a team event and say to them all you know what yoga, yoga is not a competition and now we're just gonna have some fun together and and i think it surprised uh, many of them that okay wow i'm actually allowed to laugh and okay it's it's a little uncomfortable to touch my colleague's toenails but mm, yeah. <laughs> in 30 seconds we'll all laugh, laugh about it yeah yeah but on this, like on the other hand if if you do physical activity based on like treating your lust for competition then you probably want to choose something else than yeah. yoga so let everybody just, like, has to do yoga exactly <laughs> it's and, a personal uh, choice but it, it's yeah. funny because i think nowadays mindfulness and meditation is really on the rise like a lot of people practice that or at least they want to they even feel bad for not doing it because yeah. we talk so much about it and it's, it's another it's, thing to add to the calendar. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm not a good person because i'm not doing yoga yeah Yes, it's, deep it's side. hard. Yeah, deep <laughs> side. Um, but you can also do that without taking a yoga class. Yeah. So it's in, in anything, basically. Waiting yeah. at the traffic light without getting your phone out, I would mm -hmm. say that's a pretty deep meditation. Yeah, yeah. it really can be. Yeah. <laughs> it really can be. Yeah. Um, so now we've talked a lot about um, doing all these practices. We can do it at the studio. We could do it at home. We could do it with YouTube, with a podcast. It's all your personal choice but um even after this long conversation maybe some listeners will still think how am i really going to get started with this so what advice will you give to people that just really want to start their yoga practice but find it super difficult maybe they have a packed schedule and a baby or a lot of kids or a stressful job like how how do we fit it in so there's just always some kind of connection to the breath and yourself just that break that we all really do deserve i would say remind yourself that yoga is exactly what you said it's connecting to your breath it's connecting to how you feel it's tuning in tapping in it's feeling coming into your body and that comes in so many shapes and forms it doesn't have to be a 90 minute yoga class <laughs> no you don't have not. to drag your body <laughs> and your yoga mat to a studio across the street or across the city um, you can do it by sitting down, you can do it by listening. I would say the easiest way to get started is to listen to a guided meditation. Yeah. You can do it seated, you can do it standing, waiting for something, you can close the door in your living room, wherever you are, um, and just let yourself be guided. That's, that's the easiest way, I think, to approach it. And then the next thing could be to kind of maybe go to YouTube and see what's there, because there's so much free stuff. And yeah, just let yourself be guided, but mm. just remind yourself that it's really a practice of tuning in, yeah. feeling and listening, and also remind yourself that that is the hardest part. It's probably not coming into the splits, even though that can be very difficult, but it's not the point. No, not at all. And you don't even need to go there ever. 
Like it's it's so unimportant, at least in in my opinion, because you can do the splits, and you can be suffering and hating it, <laughs> and and it's a tricky thing because sometimes when you go to a very hard yoga class, for instance, I practiced Bikram yoga for several uh, months, I think. And um, that's a very, very tough yoga class, and I would never go back, but that's another story. (laughs) But I felt so good when I came out of the yoga room, and that confused me a little bit, because it was was torture in there. But that's really because it's it's a hormonal thing. You are rewarded for ending the suffering, so you might get a lot of feel-good hormones uh, after doing the class or the thing or whatever it is. That doesn't mean that the class itself was good. So I think another reminder is that you're allowed to do a practice that feels good while it's well, going on, yeah, while you're doing certainly, it. Yeah. And not just waiting for it to be over, waiting, 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 and then you can relax and yeah. feel good. Yeah. You want to look for a practice that feels good while you're doing it. Mm. But that being said, when you meditate, it's not all just like strawberry fields and bliss definitely Rainbows not that can no and unicorns and no, <laughs> no 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 no, <laughs> no. stuff comes up but it's and that's it's, normal and that's super normal yeah and um i know like one of the very old ways of thinking about yoga is that you have to transcend yourself and transcend suffering to come out a better person but you don't need to go through that suffering necessarily necessarily um like you don't need to experience the pain in order to get the gain you can really find something you enjoy that makes it more um a longevity thing Mm. and it also makes it easier to show up if you know that okay it's actually going to be kind of comfortable to go through my yoga practice today then the Mm. chances that you'll actually get it done yeah they're probably higher than if oh i have to drag myself into this room that's 40 degrees hot and i'm gonna have a teacher screaming at me that's that's not super motivating but we we all have our preferences and i'm not gonna (laughs) judge one style over the other no (laughs) cool okay we're gonna start to wrap up here but is there anything else that you want to share before we finish I think we've uh, come a long way with this conversation. I just really wish that more people didn't feel so frightened like I did. Um, So I hope that this conversation helps a little bit. Yeah, just a little motivational talk. You can even feel like a lot of people probably feel about yoga, even after having done several yoga teacher trainings and gone to several classes it's still like there's some kind of insecurity and the Mm. best thing we can do is just to move through it yeah one thing i i think about now i want to say or want to ask is Mm. actually to you listening Mm. like if you've taken a yoga class or if you've never gone to a yoga class please share your experience like that that's something i i always (laughs) uh long for it's that conversation after the yoga class or when people come in like maybe just a reminder that you can talk to your yoga yoga teacher or guide or yeah. anyone in class share your experience because we're not that different we're more alike than we're different yeah i think most teachers would would love to mm. hear from from the participants but what what was this experience and just be like? honest be blunt yeah. and raw yeah. like either it's a stretch you like or don't like maybe i don't know it's do you have to speak so loudly or whatever like i because that's so personal that's so raw i i personally just love that 
Yeah. So uh, yeah. because I, I also needed that when I started yoga. That was so frightening that I, I couldn't talk to this human because it was like a guru or yeah. But it's not. It's just a human. It's just a human <laughs> who loves to be in contact and connect. I mean, be with kind, other obviously, yeah. but but yeah, yeah. You can be raw and direct yeah. and still be kind. Certainly, yeah. Um, and if someone would like to check out what you're doing, then where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. I'm at Christine Bond. That's Bond. my international. Bond. Yeah, I, like I, that. I love that. People internationally call me Bond. It's B O N D E, especially in France, where my parents have a house. They're like, oh, Miss Bond. Miss Bond. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Christine Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you have so many uh, interesting things going on there. I, every time I see that there's a new post from Christine, I'm like, <laughs> yes, because she has this funky take on movement and uh, yeah, like your your motivation knocking on one door and your dedication <laughs> on the other. And yeah, if you haven't uh, watched what she's doing, then uh, definitely go check it out it's uh, it's very inspiring um so thank you christine for being a guest here on the hatha yoga podcast and to anyone out there listening to our conversation thank you so much for listening as i've mentioned before this podcast is a totally independent production or project so every little bit of support from you means so much to me If you're wondering how you can support the podcast, you can either leave a review, subscribe, or share it with someone you love um, in the real world or in cyberspace. <laughs> you're also more than welcome to send me a message and tell me about your yoga journey. I would love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you.